Welcome to another edition of the Metal Blade Records Podcast. I'm your host, Vince from Metal Blade. Today I've got Trevor Phipps, vocalist from the band Unearth, calling in to talk about their new record, Darkness in the Light. It's uh, being released on July 5th, 2011. Trevor's going to talk about that, them going on a Mayhem Fest, and a boatload of other things, so stick around. I'll get things started with the uh, opening track from Darkness in the Light called Watch It Burn. We'll be back with uh, Trevor right after this. Yeah. 
We're back on the Metal Blade podcast with Trevor Phipps from Unearth. How you doing, man? Great, man. You? Uh, not terrible. I uh, We've been emailing back and forth all day. You're doing a bunch of interviews. You're, you said you're already, what, four or five beers deep and you're doing interviews? Yeah, this is my fit. Yeah, five beers deep. And, you know, it, it, it does have loose in the tongue, you know, so... <laughs> uh, it's, it's my own personal party talking on, on these uh, interviews, you know. So if you're that many beers deep, you're either doing really terribly or you're doing awesome. Well, I think I'm doing awesome because I, mean, they may, I think the beer might be talking, but I think I'm doing a great job. And <laughs> I'm, I'm not... I'm not really alone. I get my dog hanging here, so. Oh, okay, cool. What I, you have? A, I didn't know you had a dog. Yeah, I have a dog. His name is Sherlock. What, what's uh, what uh, kind of dog is Shiba it? Shiba Inu. He's, he's pretty awesome. What, what kind of dog is it? The Shiba Inu. I have no idea what the hell uh, that is. It's it's like an Akita, but smaller. Huh. So he's like he's like thirty nine pounds, like knee high. Oh, okay, so <laughs> not not that small of a dog. No, he's he's a medium sized dog. Oh, okay, cool. He's, he's, he's smaller than, than, than Akita, but he looks like an Akita pretty much. Okay, so it's not it's too big. big. Like, if shit got serious and your dog's sort of freaking out, you could still physically take it, you know? Yeah, I have to, I have to put him in a headlock sometimes. Like, he's acting <laughs> much. That's awesome. All right, well, uh, you guys are about to head out, obviously, for tour all summer on uh, No Big Deal, Rockstar, Energy Drink, Mayhem Fest, uh, cool. shitload cool. of bands. So uh, when do you guys leave? Uh, we actually leave. We fly out July 5th. And uh, we're doing a few shows to uh, get ready for Mayhem. Uh, doing our big CD release show uh, July 5th in Lubbock, Texas. And uh, we're doing a signing that day, an in-store signing. And, uh, yeah, we, we, do, we do Lubbock on the, on the 5th, El Paso on the 6th, and then we're doing Vegas on the 8th. Yeah, um, you guys do Vegas at the Hard Rock Cafe, which I've actually, uh, I didn't know they did shows there. And then that's literally the day before Mayhem starts. How terrible of an idea is it for you guys to be in Vegas the day before Mayhem starts? I think it's a great idea because I love Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, I guess we have to get a special sound check the day after on the actual Mayhem uh, start date. Um, so I guess we had to jump through some hoops for that. Uh, but man, I think we all love Vegas. You know, I think playing some poker and some blackjack is a big part of this band's uh, history. So I think we're, we're all kind of stoked to be out there for, for, for that gig. And I think the shows in Vegas are always pretty solid. So we, we've always had a good time playing shows out there. Yeah, and uh, uh, of course, I know you guys are avid gamblers. I know from personal experience, I was uh, hanging out with you guys in Milwaukee one time, and I went with uh, you and Slow to that uh, Potawatomi Casino down there. And it was my first time trying out blackjack, and I walked away 60 bucks richer uh, from the coaching from you and Slow. But uh, how, how often do you guys actually gamble on the road? Uh, if there's a casino close by, we'll, 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 we'll try to hit it up, you know, and there'll be days when, when, when you lose, you know, it, it is gambling, you know, but uh, for the most part, I think we have pretty decent methods, and uh, I think Slow's more of a blackjack guy, I'll, I'll partake in that, but I definitely love poker. Um, I think a long-term goal for me one day when I can afford it is to actually enter the uh, the uh, World Series of Poker because um, I just love poker, man. I, I would I would say I'm addicted, but I, I just I think it's a fun game. It's it's I, I would I would say I'm actually pretty good at it. So if if if, if I enter tournaments on tour once in a while, I seem to always place in the money. So I think it's uh, it's a fun game that I, I do well at. Oh wow! I di- I didn't know you were that good at poker. Are you gonna write a book anytime? Like Slow did his bet on black uh, blackjack book. I don't have time for books just yet, but uh, I think I've a bunch of other stuff happening with, with with the band and with my 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 uh, label Ironclad and my my you know 
my, my, my wife and my dog and my family and stuff. So, but uh, I think one day if I actually take this seriously, the the whole poker thing, perhaps there'll be a book in the future. But for now, I mean, I, I would say I'm I'm good enough to to warrant you know a book. Yeah, you're a brave man. I mean, everybody, I think, has tried poker, uh, most people, and just playing with your friends with chips, you think you're awesome, you're bluffing and all this shit, but once you uh, start playing with real money, I, I feel like once I, if I did that, I'd get overconfident and just fail immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, because we'll, we'll, we'll play on tour sometimes, and, you know, it's fun because you're, you're with friends, but then if, if you actually take those, those same people to a casino and you actually sit down at a real table with strangers... You'll see people shake and they get all weird and they, they just they, they they don't play their game. And uh, I think I was actually very lucky because uh, about twenty there's two casinos that are twenty minutes away from, from 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 my place that I used to go to a lot. And those have you know games all the time. So I I kind of got used to playing with strangers and just playing at at, at an actual, actual casino. And I, I kind of built my actual you know my confidence in playing you know against different people and. I, I, I turn it into actually a, a pretty, a pretty, uh, you know, lucrative, you know, venture. Let's go! 
we're back with Trevor Phipps from Unearth. Uh, Trevor, you guys just recorded uh, Darkness in the Light with uh, Adam D. once again producing. Um, he's a pretty crazy dude to work with. I guess talk a little bit about uh, what it's like to work with that guy. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he's he knows the stuff. You know, he's he looks like a tad bass drums. He, he he can sing, so he 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 has that knowledge. Uh, he graduated from Berkeley uh, with a degree in bass and also sound engineering. So he he's, he's definitely talented and and uh, and, and talented with all the stuff. Uh, beyond that, he he got friend. You know, we we've, we've known him for over a decade. Uh, we've done this is our fourth record with him, so he he, he knows the band in, inside and out. He's uh. He played drums for us for two weeks back in 2003 on, on the Headbangers Ball Tour. There's Alpha Kill Switch, Hellsfall, and Lamb of God. So there's just that level of comfort that's there. Um, he is crazy, but he, you know, and, and funny, but he's serious when he has to be. You know, he, he, he can definitely buckle down. And uh, it actually makes things go a lot faster and, uh, and you know, very smooth because we're, we're such good friends that he, he, that he can give us. An instance, and you, there'll be a time where he'll just give us a look if, 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 if it's not the right take. So it, it's, it's beyond words at this point. You know, it just the dude knows us. He he knows what we can do. Uh, you know, with, with, with our performance, and he just knows our sound, and so it, it just it just works. Yeah, and I think one thing uh, fans may or may not know with guys like Adam D or let's say Eric Rutan from Hate Eternal, any musician that becomes kind of a producer to see them develop over the years and become just insanely good guitar players. People don't realize how much of a difference there is between being a touring guitar player and being a studio guitar player. So Adam D has become kind of a deadly guitar player. And I think anything, it's funny to hear guys from Asla Dying or Ken or Buzz from Unearth talking about working with Adam D and them struggling with guitar parts and then Adam D just doing it and just knocking it out of the park on like a first take. Yeah, yeah, he's he's unreal. You know, he just he's such a talented player, and I think that's part, like I think that's partially why Ken got into production was that he saw Adam D just getting so good at at his crafts. You know, it's like I think all, all of his crafts. You know, and, and uh, Ken's been at the production thing for a long time, and it's actually helped his guitar playing. You know, and uh, he, he actually tries to tackle bass sometimes. And actually, I think on on the song, uh, probably the worst song we've ever recorded. Uh, back in 2002, I think we did uh, 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 the, the song "It's So Easy" by Guns N' Roses as a cover track, and, uh, and it's terrible. I mean, that's <laughs> our worst ever song that, or cover or anything. But Ken actually played bass on that, so I think it, if, 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 if anything, it helps further Ken as as a player by just having that production value. You know what I mean? So I mean, that's worked for Adam, and he's he's just he's uh He's still well trade now. Yeah, that level of precision of being able to record any instrument in the studio is just unmatched. And as serious as Adam is in the studio and as good of a player he is, he's still just batshit insane. And I've heard some of the funny tracks that he's recorded with Ezley Dying and some of the stuff he's done with you guys. Uh, what funny joke tracks did he do for uh, this new record? For this, for, for this record, he did less vocally. Uh... Then he did on the march. Uh, on the march, it was great. He would just cut and paste things and add effects and like just stretch out the actual, uh, you know, the actual take to make it, you know, to kind of mold it into what he wanted. Uh, on this time, on this record, there's less of the vocal stuff, but there's way more. Like he just put samples in. You know, there's a song called um, "Arise a War Cry" where it starts out with a, a pretty intense sweep by Buzz, and 
he 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 put in a sample of of an entire crowd uh, going ooh, and then about ten seconds later, they, they, like it was just a, a bunch of people clapping, you know, in in in, in, in approval. And then uh, <laughs> the song called uh, "Coming of the Dark," where before the, the lead tracks were were actually put down on guitar. Uh, after the solo, there's there was a uh, like a breakdown slash uh, vocal, you know, pylon part or whatever, and uh, it just is. There was a space, and then a thump part, and then space, and that happened four times. And he put a bunch of seagulls in there for, for you know, just to kind of cover up that dead space. So he he does try to keep it very entertaining and uh, to, to keep our, our our minds off of it being too monotonous. Because when 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 you do track a record, I mean, of course you you love the songs, but you hear them, you know, hundreds of you know hundreds of times. Sometimes you know, perhaps a thousand times, you know, because you just hear it over and over again. Because each, each each guy has to do their take, has to get get their performance on record, and the whole band has to approve it. So you'll hear the song so many times. That's what's cool to to kind of add a add in those fun things here and there. Yeah, he does the little things that just makes life entertaining. How much extra time does that take him to do that stuff? How much are is Metal Blade spending on Adam D recording joke tracks? That's what I want to know. I, we we got to put some of these out there. I think it's thousands <laughs> and thousands of hours lost. No, actually, he does it very quickly. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that guy's a, a pro. Yeah, so good at Pro Tools, it's r- ridiculous. He'll do it when you're actually tracking sometimes, and he's like, hold on, hold on, and it'll be less than 15 seconds. But he just knows how to cut the tape real quick, and it doesn't waste too much time at all. Yeah, like it's funny because I, <laughs> I I've actually thought about that before. I'm like, you know what? I wonder if Slago and Faley get pissed off if they hear uh, these joke tracks because I bet you they think they're paying a ton of money for him to do this and take the time. But he, he'll he'll come he'll come ready with these these samples or just he'll think of this like you know if if, if the vocal thing he'll think of it really quickly. And it's just with Pro Tools, it's so simple. So just cut and paste it, and just yeah. do what what he wants. And he's he's such a master with that stuff. But it only takes seconds. Yeah, that's great. Uh, watching that guy work has just got to be awesome. But let's uh, let's take a break and check out actually a couple samples uh, of joke tracks from uh, a Darkness in the Light that Adam D recorded. Asshole. Holy crap. 
This summer, obviously, Unearth is out on the Rockstar Energy Drink Mayhem Fest with um, Disturbed, Godsmack, Megadeth, Machine Head, In Flames, Trivium, Suicide Silence, uh, a bunch of other bands. So, uh, Trevor, uh, are you guys doing anything in particular to prepare for a set in the middle of the afternoon, outside, in blazing hot uh, sun every day? Uh, I don't think we're doing anything different than we've done on other festival tours uh, in the past. Uh, I think the band is mostly psyched to actually get back out onto the fest scene. You know, the, the last time we were out there was 2006 All's Fest, so five years between us being in North America on a festival tour is a long time, and uh, the guys are really grateful that we had this opportunity to go out there and play, and, you know, the fest always includes, you know, bands barbecuing, partying together. Uh, there's always, like, the, the jail yard workout center where dudes are just always you know, hanging out with the weights and trying to get in shape, you know, and uh, <laughs> I think it's just, it, it just, I think we're just looking forward to partying and having a good time all summer and uh, playing in front of thousands of people, you know, it's uh, it's always a very positive vibe uh, playing the fest uh, shows and, you know, I think it's something the band is very psyched on. Yeah, and I, I heard you guys are going to be at your merch booth uh, every day doing signings. Who Who is actually going to hang out at the booth all day? Are you guys going to rotate? Uh, is, is the whole band going to be there at some points? I mean, I, I heard, you know, Unearth is going to be at the merch booth all day signing, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it, being out there on the fest, I kind of find that hard to believe. Well, I think what we're scheduling right now is, uh, you know, is, is, is we do want to push this new record and, you know, get it out there as much as possible. So I think we're going to schedule a signing every day between two and three, where the whole band will be there between two and three. Um, we play at 4.30 daily on Mayhem. So oh, it is actually a scheduled set time every day. Yeah, we have a scheduled set time every day because we're, 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 we're the main support slot on the Jaeger stage every day. And so I think the, the headliner stage is going to rotate to Machine Head, uh, In Flames, and Trivium. Uh, but they, they they rotate, but we have a secure slot at 4.30 every day on that stage, and so we can actually schedule a signing between 2 and 3 every day at the merch booth. I'm sure dudes will kind of rotate in and out each day, um, you know, at different times, but the entire band will be there between 2 and 3. Sure, yeah, you can't you can't be at the booth all day. you got to be rotating between the jail yard workouts, hanging out backstage, warming up, you know, getting catering. Yeah, of course. I mean, we we have stuff to do, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll be hanging out as much as possible at the at the merch booth, especially in that, in that time frame. Oh, that's great. Uh, are there any bands that uh, you actually don't know that uh, you're going to try to like meet or hang out with uh, this summer? That I don't know personally, or, or don't. Yeah, know I mean, you you guys have been around for a long time. I mean, I'm sure you know All Shell Parish, uh, obviously Jamie Justin, Kingdom of Sorrow, uh, Trivium, In Flames. Those are all bands you've either been on tour with or probably crossed paths. Anybody else? Are you going to have any run-ins with Mustaine? I, I, I'm most looking forward to seeing Megadeth every day. That's that's a band that kind of helped mold me as an, as a metalhead as a kid, and uh, it's a it's a it's a it's an all-time favorite band of mine. And so to actually get to tour with them all summer is uh, is a huge honor for me. Uh, my first concert as a kid, I was uh, 12 or 13 years old. I saw Clash of Titans. My dad took me and my best friend and my girlfriend at the time. And uh, I mean that band was, was right up there with, with, with my favorites as a kid and, and still is. So I'm really psyched about touring with them. And uh, I, I, I do hope I get to meet the dates. You know, I think that that band is, is definitely, you know, they've had a, a very revolving cast. But I think the two Daves are what kind of makes that that core, you know. And uh, I'm just I'm just like to, to play just to play with those guys each day. Have you read Dave Mustaine's book yet? I have not read his book yet. 
Oh, man, you, you pretty much said the same thing that Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder said is Dave Mustaine is one of his biggest idols. And he read the book and he actually, I think, tweeted the book was so good. He wishes he was still reading it. So if you haven't read it, you should probably check it out. All right. I'll definitely put that in my next uh, book list. Yeah, it's uh, I haven't read it yet, but I've heard some of the stories in there are pretty ridiculous, especially if you're into the whole, you know, emerging thrash metal scene of the uh, the early 80s. Oh, definitely. That's what I kind of, you know, that, that's what kind of formed me as a kid, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, uh, you're on Mayhem all summer, but you've got a slew of off dates with uh, Suicide Silence and All Shell Pairs, so those will be great. Um, and you'll probably know the Suicide Silence guys pretty well by the end of the tour if you don't already. Are you guys into pranks at all on tour? Usually pranks will happen at the end of the tour for us, um, whether it's bringing out the silly string on stage during a band set or like smashing a, a pie in their face or something, you know what I mean? It's a, it's always for the last show or something, but, you know, I think the band is it's just, it's just about having fun. Um, this past, this past winter, we did a tour in Europe, um, called the persistence tour. And, uh, during sick of it all set, it was, it was us and a, and a few other bands. We, we all just stripped down to our underwear and we just started moshing on stage. <laughs> so you had about 30 dudes on stage just moshing in their underwear and uh, it was actually pretty fun and just hilarious. I'm, I'm sure the crowd didn't get what the fuck was going on, but you know, I think we all had fun. Yeah, and of, of course, Evergreen Terrace was on that tour, right? Yeah, I think they filmed it. Yeah, so Evergreen probably... Terrace, especially Josh, all about the pranks. And they've done some of the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen. So I, I that's yeah. not surprising at all. Yeah, I think this is actually, if, if you uh, did some research on, 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 on the net, you could probably find it, and you, you'll see us just mosh around our underwear so <laughs> all right I'll, I'll try to find that video but um uh one more thing i wanted to talk about was uh i know ken is a big hockey guy i don't know if you care too much ho- about hockey but boston bruins stanley cup champions how excited were you guys about that well it's funny because uh i'm definitely a big sports fan um but i'm not as emotionally invested in hockey as i am uh baseball football and basketball i, I think if you if you if there's a, a one through four it goes Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins for me as far as what I, I get invested in. Um, the Bruins winning the Cup is an amazing thing for Boston, and uh, a bunch of my friends were, were so excited they cried. But uh, I was definitely like psyched, but I wouldn't go that far. But uh, when the Sox win, I think I, 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 I shed some tears. And if, the, if, if the Sox lose during the even, like, if, if, if they lost tomorrow, I'd be bummed. It would kind of ruin my night, you know what I mean? But as far as the Bruins winning, I'm psyched. Um, but I know Ken is losing his mind because he's a huge hockey guy, and uh, you know, that's that's a, that's by far his favorite sport. So I, I know Ken is very emotionally invested in, in, in that team and that sport. Yeah, that was really cool to see, and I think a lot of people were surprised that there were riots in Vancouver, but um, no riots in Boston. Yeah, man, I was I was a little bummed to see that because I think Vancouver is a great city, man. Like we 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 play there a bunch, and um, I thought it was cool that the next day a bunch of a bunch a bunch of a bunch of people came out with, uh, you know, Vancouver jerseys on, and we're, we're, we're kind of cleaning up that mess that those those idiots kind of, you know, made in their city. Um, you know, it's it's it sucks when 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 a team loses, of course, but you, you shouldn't destroy your city because of it. You know, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, you think that's that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, I, I leave it to Boston, I guess, to uh, stay classy. I don't know. Well, I think you know what. We, we did have some some crazy shit go down, but we are spoiled now. I mean, 
all four teams of us have won a title in the past decade. It, it, it started with the Patriots in 2001, um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. The Pats won three, the Red Sox won two, Celtics won one, and now the Bruins. And um, I definitely acknowledge we're spoiled. Um, I grew up in a time where no team won except for the, the Celtics in, in 86. With the Celtics, when I was a little kid, I was like eight years old, and that was it. You know, like the Sox hadn't won since 1918. Uh, Bruins hadn't won since 72, way before I was born. Uh, Patriots hadn't won ever. You know, so it was like, now I, I, I'm kind of just relishing in this this wealth of, of winning. You know, it's, just, it's a really cool thing to be a Boston sports fan right now. I mean, Todd might turn someday, but for now I think we're definitely spoiled and very lucky to have uh, these teams win so much. Yeah, it's not a bad run, that's for sure. And, of course, uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the football yet. Hopefully they get this figured out really soon because I'm uh, obviously I'm a Packer fan, uh, as Slagle gives me a hard time for a lot. But I need to see the Packers repeat. I don't know. What are the Patriots going to do this year? I mean, I think they're, they're a very threatening team. And I, I think that they, they always have that chance to win it, especially having Brady and, and, and Belichick. I think that, that, that they really add so much to the, you know, just to, to that possibility of winning. I was really disappointed last year. I, I thought they were, they were going all the way. And um, I did like the Packers, but I think that if the Pats matched up with them in the Super Bowl, I think that, that you know, I think it would it'd be a uh, great game, but I think the Pats had the edge. I think that they just didn't get up enough for that Jets game, and um, that was a huge blow to us. And I was pretty pissed off for a while. I mean, that, that that's a sport that they get really mostly invested in. And actually, after they they lost in 2007 to uh, the Giants, I didn't turn on Sports Center for over a month. Oh man! So I was so emotionally destroyed by that, as far as sports go, that I couldn't even look at sports because they went 18 and 0 and. How do you lose in the biggest game? They destroy all the teams before that. And it was, it was like 40-point blowouts all year. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's still a game, but I was I was definitely upset as a fan. It definitely ruined my, uh, my, my liking of sports for a while. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that loss, especially. I, I said that uh, the Giants that year just beat everyone with their, like, mediocrity and just being consistently yeah. average and taking advantage of other teams on really bad days. But... I don't know. I, I've heard. I've read some articles where um, guys have said that Brady and Manning will never win another Super Bowl ever again. That they're too old and their time is up. I mean, they, they are getting up there. I mean, they're they're getting in, into the mid thirties, but it's still they they're not quarterbacks based on running. They're 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 based on their strong arms, and and if, as long as they can move enough in the pocket and their their arms stay strong, I think that they'll be very effective. Um, I do think that the, the Pats and and uh, the Colts do have to build stronger teams around them because they are getting older. But um, I do I, I still think that both are very capable of winning. Yeah, I think so too. I just hope they get this uh, lockout figured out so we can actually uh, see how these teams shape up in training camp and all that good stuff and get preseason uh, out of the way and get things moving, man. Yeah, I think that'd be a huge blow to our our, our national psyche because although I'm, I'm a baseball fan first, I think that football has, has has become our national pastime in a way. Oh, and yeah, I think sure. more people uh, you know, I think more people do celebrate that sport um, than baseball because it, it is more of an event. You know, there's only sixteen games in a season and it is a time when you get together with your friends or, or, or your family or your father or something. You, you get down you you make chicken wings and you, you drink beers, you know, it's, it's more of a party. It's more it's it's, it's definitely an event and uh, if that doesn't happen this fall, that's gonna be a huge blow to our psyche. And, and possibly our, our economy. 
you know, that, that is, that does bring a lot of money and, and I don't know, it just, there's a ton of jobs, um, that are, that are brought in by, by, by the NFL and, uh, I'd, I'd be bummed as a fan as, if, if that didn't happen. Yeah. NFL, please, please don't ruin our Sundays. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I, yeah. I would be just, I'd, I'd sit there and roll over to turn on, you know, Fox in the morning and just nothing. <laughs> NASCAR? I don't know. Bummed. I guess we could turn to college football, but I'm not really a big college sports fan. Um, I, I definitely like to see see those athletes get seasoned and, and be pros. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's still okay to watch, but I, I, I don't want to go an entire uh, fall and winter without, without the NFL. No, I, I think they'll figure it out eventually. We're just, uh, we just got to be patient. But Yeah, Trevor, uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, talk to us today. Um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll end this, uh, episode with, um, let's, let's do your favorite song from darkness in the light. What's your, uh, we already played watch it burn on the show. What's your favorite track from the record? Uh, right now my favorite track is eyes of black. I think it, uh, definitely, you know, encompasses our entire sound. What, 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 you know, this band, you know, tries, tries, you know, to, to bring to the table. This is, uh, this is, it's a very heavy song. Uh, it's a dark song. Um, aggressive it's metal you know to me this is what this band is about and so this is my this is my favorite track off the record eyes of black cool all right check it out darkness in the light will be out july 5th here it is eyes of black (laughs) 